0: For the last four years, you came to this podcast to get your needs met, to be fulfilled, to get a pro wrestling, pop culture, and that oh so naughty feeling tingled inside with a little bit of grass sprinkled on top. Now it's time for your hosts, Chad Allen, Shelly Allen, Zach Romero, and
1: Luna Lynn.
0: You are too in to the indie cast.
2: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IndieCast. We are at Half Mast this episode. Uh, <laughs> Chad I'm Allen, Half Mast every episode. Well, good, Chad Allen, Zach Romero here in the hosting seat. Hey, everybody. here at the IndieCast headquarters in beautiful. How far is that from Tampa, Florida? Uh, and we actually have a bit of a crossover. It has been quite some time since we've had a decent crossover on this particular show. I believe
0: I called it an Amaglam episode, which uh, a lot of people may not have gotten the reference. <laughs> well, that's, I was, yeah. I uh, was quite proud of my, my geeky comic you, book reference. You're, you're
2: a disaster. Anyway, Ooh. yes, the... Um, oh, no, I can't think of any of the stupid superhero names from that We'll look, we'll look them up later. later. Uh, anyways, enough diddle-daddle. Uh, we have a guest. We have a guest, uh, a fellow... Handsome bearded podcaster, <laughs>
0: uh, as all podcasters seem to be, lately. right? Yeah, exactly. Handsome, he, handsome, beardy he, guy, super
2: good looking, super beardy. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen from the Wrestling Cheers Podcast, Heavy Set, Heavy Set, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you, thank you very much for having me on. Yes, I do I like to consider myself a little bit handsome, but not really bearded, definitely, and uh. But well, we all talk about independent wrestling. Isn't that the other yeah. big thing, too? That's true? true. Yes. Yes. All
2: independent. Sort of the mirror universe. If, right. If you had Ohio and Florida sort of mirroring one another, he is holding down the fort of bearded podcasters about independent right. wrestling of a certain region.
0: So it, so if you're moving your way up the country, if you have your podcast map out, it's right. us in Florida covering, yeah. like, the south, kind of the South area. Then you move up into, like, like Tennessee ish area, that's where obviously Kick Out of Two kicks in. Right. Hosted once again by a really handsome beardy guy. And then you move up into Ohio
2: and where Heavy Set is,
0: is covering the Beardy Guy independent there's wrestling. There's quota. Yeah. There's a
2: certain quota. That's right. Um, so, yes, uh, Heavyset, we have a little bit here. We do uh, the lightning round. You don't even have the volume up. There you know, Oh, it's like we're really. It's like.
0: Professional. it's like the haunted
2: mansion in here uh and so we're gonna ask you some uh some kind of rapid fire questions you take your time you answer them however you feel um so our first question here is um how did you first get started with the podcast what's sort of the origin story of you uh covering everything good and just and independent in ohio
1: Kind of actually goes back to when I first started listening to podcasts. I was never really big into them, but I, I grew up listening to talk radio. And eventually, there was a, a local rock station had an, an afternoon show, and they started. Well, they're gonna they took their stuff and put it out as podcasts. So I was like, I was familiar with it, but I never really got a chance to listen. And then shortly thereafter, I ended up getting an iPhone four, and I was like, well, now I can download them and I can like listen to them on the go. I don't have to download them and like put them on my iPod. So. I started getting interested into other like things that like fit my uh, my interest like I'm a huge football fan downloaded that I mean uh, I love sports Uh, ESPN PTI it's like my favorite sports related podcast and it's pretty much the only one I really listen to and then I got to a point where those were fitting my commutes back and forth from work but a particular wrestling podcast that I was listening to stopped recording and they were only doing once a week and it was about a couple hours show and I was like I need something new and then I got an interview in Cleveland I'm I'm outside of Cleveland I'm anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour at this point I wasn't close to an hour outside of Cleveland so I had a job interview that way so I was like well I need something to listen to and I stumbled across this podcast known as the allwrestling.com Weekend Review long story short about that I ended up becoming a contributor for many many years and it kind of like got my feet wet into wrestling podcasting in general and then I just started, kind of want to do my own thing so I, I started up a couple different other podcasts but we're also through that same podcast I get interested in independent wrestling uh, contributor from that show uh, was from England his name is Paul Kisock, and he actually still involved in somewhat independent wrestling I'll tell you a little side story about him in just one quick second but his coverage of independent wrestling on that podcast got me interested and I end up Wanting to turn on my local product in between that, starting to listen to Band's podcast just because I had heard of the name. And I'm like, oh, this guy's pretty good. Let's see what, what all that stuff's about. And then, actually, speaking of Colcabana, that was right around the time that Gregory Iron got publicly endorsed by Colcabana and CM Punk. And with that being a big news, I was like, oh, yeah, he's from Cleveland. I go, like, really? This guy's from here? That's, okay, let me... Let me, let me just dive into this scene also. Kevin Nash had just come back to WWE and he did a spot right before it at a local independent show. And I turned on the TV, which they did a highlight reel of a couple matches from that particular event and the mm-hmm. first match. Th- this was my introduction to independent wrestling. And I, I don't think it gets much better than this at the level it was. It was clips of, uh, like a good clip of the match of Josh Prohibition versus M-Dog Matt Cross, versus Johnny Gargano.
2: Oh, wow. Wow.
1: Yeah, I started off at such a high spot. And uh, well, I spent about a year just going to, uh, at the time, PWO and Prime Wrestling. Now, no longer around. But AIW was my second stop of a promotion, uh, second actual show, too. And I, I became really hooked with them and uh for about my first year i happened to do a podcast with aaron bauer uh he had a weird aaron bauer slash aaron mcguire type thing going on between the two promotions and since i did it with him for the one promotion he's like hey i got jock Sampson. he wants to do a podcast do, you, do do you want to do something with him but the, with the podcast that i was doing going back to my friend paul we had a I was like, this weird contributor on his podcast where I would just come on and talk about things going on in the Ohio scene. And these are guys talking about a lot of maybe like ROH stuff Mm -hmm. or things going on in the UK scene at the time. And it was just a segment on the show. And that ended up turning into uh, the segment that I had brought Jock on for that we previously recorded. And I let everybody hear it. It was I shared the link and everything. And Chandler Biggins was like, man, I wish you had your own podcast. And that stuck with me for a couple of days. And I started up a Podbean account and I've been covering the, the Ohio scene since, or at least Cleveland, since 2012. We were formerly known as the Ohio Indie Report, but I wanted to change the name because uh, I was becoming really stagnant of coming out with episodes. And I got shit on for, cause I spelled it I-N-D-Y because my friends in the UK, that's the way they always spelled it. And there's a bu- I know a bunch of other people that spelled it that way, too. So I spelled it that way. And, yeah, we were called the Ohio Indie Report, but we were really only covering Cleveland. And I felt bad because I know there's other promotions, other like notable promotions in the state, and I was a one-man show. I couldn't, couldn't really cover everything. So I wanted to do a big, huge rebrand. And uh, beginning of last year, we started up uh, the rebrand of... Wrestling Cheers and been going at it ever since and I think it was almost about a year ago we started doing the weekly shows too so it's been a been a fun year over at uh, here at Wrestling Cheers
0: and by the way I'd like to say for the record I-N-D-Y I still think is the correct way to spell it yeah everybody, everybody can suck
2: knows. it um, I-N-D-Y K-S-T IndieCast yeah, talk and yeah. yeah. <laughs> we yeah. spelled Indie wrong and Cast Catherine. wrong yeah.
1: my whole thing is like if you want to spell it I-N-D-I-E that's fine if you want to spell it I-N-D-Y which is what I prefer spell it that way but if you're supporting, who cares?
2: very true. Now, you mentioned your origin story of getting into independent wrestling, as well as the blessing from Biggins, which is pretty huge. Yeah, it is. Um, but I did, as our second lightning round question, what is actually your earliest wrestling memory? Is it, is it that dive into indie wrestling, or are we going way, way back? Oh,
1: we're going way, way back, and I, I love telling this story because there's no story. It's. I grew up around it. Uh, not necessarily like anybody knew it was wrestlers, but I come from a household where my dad didn't really watch baseball, football, hockey, basketball, none of that. He came home every Sunday from church, and we watched WWF All American on USA Network, and like that was like I went. I had to get home for it, and even before I became a fan, it was something that was just on TV. I really wasn't following it a hundred percent, but. Uh, the first memory that I have of something that really stuck with me, because I know I was watching it before that, was when Lex Luger slammed Yokozuna. Yeah. That's And, uh,
0: express. and uh, ever
1: since that, uh, I, I became hook and hooked and started falling, and the thing that I love throwing out too, and it's probably one of my favorite memories at that earlier age, was wrestling. Mania 12, March 31st, 1996, Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels Iron Man match. Ooh! That was my 10th birthday, and those two were and still are my top two favorite wrestlers of all time.
0: Excellent. Uh, Lightning round, question number three. Uh, so you're obviously in the Cleveland area. Where can I get a good pierogi?
1: Uh, probably from someone Polish. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm not that close to clean. Like, I'm a little, like I said, I'm about 45 minutes away, and I, when it comes to pierogies, I like them. But a lot of the homemade places, I've never really been. And uh, my girlfriend is actually part Polish, and that's something that she's talked about. of uh, Wanting to learn certain recipes from her family of, you know, pierogies and, yeah. Is that what we're known for? Like, True. outside, like, people think that- clean. Yeah. When
0: I when I looked up what foods Clevelanders known for, actually it was pierogies, uh, something called a uh, like it was like a, a Polish po' boy or something yeah, like that. A Cle- I think they yeah. called it a Cleveland boy and a Cleveland steamer. Know. No, um, A, no, steamer. a and, Polish boy and uh, <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and, some, <laughs> and something called and something called a paxi,
2: which looks like a donut to me. Well, I was going to say, I'm, I'm useless here. I, I literally grew up in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. And I mean, if you asked me, like... What, 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 what? He lives in Cuyahoga Falls. I live in Cuyahoga
1: Falls, Ohio right now. Like, That's I
2: amazing. Up,
1: I grew up in a small little town outside of it, Ritz uh, rootstown.
2: Me, Heavyset, and Chris Farley from Tommy Boy, all from Cuyahoga Falls. Right. Um, but uh, if you had asked me, like, oh, what was the, the food... I I don't know the watermelon roll from Friendlies. That's all I got, and and that's not a f- Ohio exclusive thing. Cause it's definitely a Friendlies in Orlando. So right. that's like that's, that's all like I remember me being
0: from New York. Like you know what's the thing you remember? It'd be mm, like, cheesecake, fudgy, fudgy the Whale, because like <laughs> Fudgy the Whale <laughs> because freaking uh, Carvel is like is a big, it's a little is a big known New ice New cream thing. spot right. called Carvel. Perhaps you've heard of it. So. Um, well, then, actually, I will follow this up, because okay. I was on the Cleveland kick here for my my question. Good. Uh, favorite Chris Farley SNL bit. Oh, great. That's going true. that route. So yeah. thank you for leading me in.
1: Mm, uh, before I answer that, I want to answer the one thing about Cleveland that we're, we're, I feel like we're known for, because it's the only thing that really sticks out about us, and that's the crazy shit we do with grilled cheese sandwiches. There was a there's a franchise that pops up called Melt, if you've ever been to AIW, a lot of times we will point you that way to go to Melt, and it's, yeah, it's not just your regular uh, pieces of bread and grilled cheese. It's like we throw a bunch of different stuff on it. There's a I've had one there. It's one of the last ones I think I've had was a chicken and waffles grilled cheese sandwich. That
0: and, sounds amazing. Oh, it's we pile we pile it on almost like a
1: one of those uh, stereotypical New York style subs oh it's just so good
2: I'm down for any uh, grilled cheese establishment that wants to play in God's domain that's right I'm okay with that
1: so. uh, but Chris Farley oh, my favorite SNL bit especially because there, there's two that come to mind and there's Matt Foley Matt Foley's a good one and, and I feel like that's like the, his number one spot yeah of, you know, a lot of his characters and as I'm, as I'm talking about it I just want to talk like this like, man, holy! But, um, the other one that I really love, and it's why I'm a fan of them, is the, the Chicago the Chicago Superfans. Oh, true.
2: Yeah. yeah, the Bears.
1: I, as a kid, I idolized Farley, and I wanted to necessarily be like him, because I never did any of the stupid drugs that he did. But, um, oh, he, he's a fan of the Bears? Well, I'll be a fan of the Bears, too. And then come to find out as an adult, it's like, oh no, he really was a Packers fan, and I wasn't about to do an about face on my fandom for the Chicago Bears. Right. At that point, you've already committed. So, yeah. yeah.
0: You got you the know, gear and all that stuff.
1: And I, I actually, since we're not too far from the Pro Football Hall of Fame one year, I actually dressed up for Halloween as a Chicago Bears superfan. And the Bears didn't play on actual Halloween, and it was on a Sunday. And I went to the Hall of Fame dressed like that. That's amazing. amazing. Mustache, the sunglasses,
2: a coat, a jersey, a, a coconut bra, a hula a skirt, all <laughs> lit up, and everything. That and, is uh, that is that is a deep dive reference on that. That is like a specific episode. That's right. I wanted to say one of I think first of all breaking ground here because I think this is the first time we've ever talked about out Live in the history of the indie cast, It's This first episode, uh, which like you know, perfect to uh, regional independent wrestling podcast joining forces. Of course, we would talk about. TV comedy from the '90s. Right. Uh, what better uh, still going, platform? You know, I... um, well, yeah, but Chris Farley's not. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, Chris. But my favorite, definitively not. Right. But going. my favorite aspect about the Matt Foley motivational speaker um, bits is that you know that they rehearsed that bit because right. that was something that would already already be done up by the writers. You right. know That wasn't like hinging <sighs> upon like a guest or anything right. like that. But everybody still broke except for Farley, because you know that during rehearsal, he was only at, like, 50%. Oh, God, yeah. So it wasn't until cameras were rolling that he was like, hey, I'm going to lose my mind. Right. And I'm going to make everybody on stage laugh and hate themselves. Right. Because, like, David Spade, who was usually pretty good at keeping a straight face, would be dying in those bits. Yeah. Because Farley would go so crazy with it. But you know that they rehearsed it. Like, right. the, You know, that's why. And anytime there's like the, oh, people are breaking on SNL compilations, it drives me nuts. So I'm like, you guys rehearsed this. Like, how are you not able to keep it together? But with Farley, especially with that character, I feel like it was deceptive that he would, like, kind of go, nah, I'm not going full commitment here in rehearsal because I'm going to go 110% and, like, be in. The- in the midst of an elaborate series of heart attacks on stage
0: now in some of the other actors defense because you've done theater too true both of us are theater person. Justin you're a sports person or do you do theater at all Uh, ironically I I like sports
1: but I'm not I was never an athlete and I was in drama all throughout
2: high school. Okay. Good. So, <laughs> again, again, we yeah. are all cut from very similar okay. cloths so that, So then we all
0: understand this. you've done shows where you've rehearsed it, especially like in high school. You rehearse a show a thousand times true. because you have all the time in the world to friggin' rehearse and not do true. much of anything else. Um, you've done stuff where you've done it a million times before, but you change one little thing on yeah, there it's true. and you get somebody's it's great all character. Yeah. like. Uh, we did a production of Arsenic and Old Lace in high (laughs) school. Of course you did. Of course you did. Where we had the actual window seat that opened, but it had a a trap door in the back, and um, my friend Andrew was playing the lead. My friend John was playing one of the bit characters of the show, one of the the suitors that came in and died. Um, And he would randomly like... Go into the window seat and just do goofy shit in the window seat because Andy would have to open it constantly, right. Just to make him break character on stage. So you true. Know That's that a good shit, point. That That's that a shit good that point. So That's an
2: excellent point. Uh, now, next question, heavy set in the lightning round: uh, Marvel or DC, and why? And why? You better have a good reason why. Or
0: Marvel, or, or as we probably shouldn't word this question: Marvel, Marvel or, or Batman, Batman. And, and why? why?
1: <laughs> the funny thing is is I've heard this over and over again and everybody pretty much echoes how I feel <laughs> when it comes to, when it comes to movies Marvel hands down they're killing it between both uh, like the comic book franchises DC but really it does come down to Batman over anything that that's that's pretty much the common answer, right? Like yeah. That's, that's how to be. The best thing that DC's ever done movie wise is the Nolan trilogy. And other than that, everything is, is utter shit. And what every, what Marvel's right now doing with movie wise, like, I. Uh, the Infinity War was.
2: I was just about to say, Heavy said even mentioned on a previous episode that he had recently seen Infinity War and didn't get a chance to really super de- deep dive into it. So I'm, I'm excited. I want to talk a little bit about that. Now, uh, Chadley, have you seen Infinity War yet? Of course. Okay, good. Um,
1: okay. To my left, I'm sitting next to a, uh, an Infinity Gauntlet slash Thanos shrine, so I'm ready.
2: Good, good. glad you prepared. Um, so, how did you feel... Again, by the way, two, spoiler
0: alert! If you haven't true it, yes a
2: that uh, b again wow two wrestling podcasts about different regions of the U.S. with handsome bearded theater dudes
0: <laughs> who all
2: went and who, saw the comic book. Movie. Who? All, what did they talk about on their on their crossover? Uh, mostly about TV shows and movies, and not about <laughs> wrestling. Um, so, so being someone who obviously uh, is knowledgeable about Thanos. How do you feel they they, uh, they did him justice in the movie, on the big screen? I walked out of that theater with
0: the biggest grin on my face. Oh. Grin. Okay. Right. Got scared for a second. Yeah. Like, Okay,
1: here's true story about when I went, we went to go see, see it the Saturday after it came out. So it was the weekend of, and it was a double date with some fr- uh, my friend and his wife, uh, with, also with my girlfriend and I loved it so much we saw an IMAX 3D I bought the tickets the day it came out I then went to on the way home I have a theater not that far away from me I've seen it again
2: <laughs> wow <laughs> that's a commitment too that's yeah. not like a short movie by any means like that's a real afternoon commitment there
1: I just the funny thing is is I I can't say I predicted uh, I didn't mind enough enough research of all these characters and everything, and watching a lot of trailers, watching you know trailer breakdowns on YouTube, mm-hmm. it was a couple of things that like caught my attention. And I remember actually telling it to to Ethan Page, and uh, he called me out on it because he told me I he said I spoiled him. And I thought like I got it from spoilers. I'm like no no no, I know enough that um, you have to sacrifice somebody for the Soul Stone. They're not. I doubt they're changing that. And of all of Thanos's very little lines in the all the movies prior to it he's only mentioned he loved one person his favorite daughter Gamora no reference to anybody else and I'm like he's killing her but I thought it was actually going to be on Titan mm-hmm. I thought the whole like I hope they remember you kind of like I hope they remember you boom you're dead so I, I, I knew that the sacrifice was going to happen um, so literally when, <laughs> whenever she starts laughing on the mountaintop about right before she gets sacrificed, I'm just like, what are you laughing, bitch? You're dead.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I like that Heavy set was Thanos' hype man during the movie. Uh, um, So, actually, interestingly enough, there was an article I was reading earlier this week that uh, credited um, Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal of Tony Stark in the first Iron Man movie as the reason why Marvel became okay with adapting and changing elements of the comics to fit the movie universe. Mm-hmm. And it came from, in the first movie, when Tony comes back, he's having the press conference, and he's like going to reveal that like Iron Man's his bodyguard. Right. Well, the ad-lib there was him reading through the cards and just getting flustered and going, I'm Iron Man. And the whole crowd, <gasps> that was an ad-lib. Was that an ad-lib? That, that Robert M. Jr. did, and Jon Favreau was like, no, screw it. We're going. With, we're running with that because even though in the comics, especially in the early days, Iron Man was it was very much more like Batman, right? Where like Tony Stark was just a billionaire, and Iron Man was his quote unquote bodyguard, and that's how they got around it as the secret identity thing. Obviously, more modern comics, it hasn't been that case. Right. But Robert Downey Jr. just blurted that out, and Jon Favreau went, "That fits that character a right. lot more than what we were going with." And from that point on, Marvel Studios was like, okay, if we're ma- if we're making changes that make sense for what we're trying to accomplish, then it's all good. Right. And even in Infinity War, I felt like the same kind of thing. There were certain elements that were changed around. Certain, like obviously, um, Thanos's love affair with the physical embodiment of death wasn't there. put on the big screen. Right. They didn't have a sexy lady body with a skull face on the big screen. You know. There were elements that they changed for film, but I thought that they earned it. I thought they laid enough precedence, and Heavy said, hopefully you would agree with me that DC didn't quite earn it. They like to make those changes, and they like to jump the gun a little bit with like, "Ah, God, team-up movie! And it's like, yeah, um, Marvel had ten years of individual movies, and then they did the team-up. Yeah, 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 but team-up movie. So, do you agree that, like, Marvel earned the ability to make these sorts of changes and judgment calls, you know, to Infinity War? Were you happy with the changes that were there?
1: When it comes to DC, I don't know if you remember, have the memory kind of like I do. There was a brief period of time that the announced Superman versus Batman was supposed to come out the same day as Civil War. And one thing I've always noted about uh, Marvel minus Infinity War, they say our movie is coming out on this day, and they'll do it years ahead of time, and that movie will come out on that day. Unless, I mean, they had—I think the past like year or two they had to do a couple shufflings, and a lot of times it was because they clearly were changing the, their their roads. But it wasn't like, oh no, we're scared, or oh no, this is off schedule, so we need to we need, we need to change something. Hell with. Infinity where they were like, we think this movie's gonna do so good, granted it might screw up Solo's numbers, and we have another, a Deadpool movie coming out. Dude, that might affect some numbers, so let's push it forward a week so people can see it sooner. But yeah. when, when that happened, I remember telling friends, I'm like, Marvel's not moving. They are going to stick to that date. that never Superman will move, and it did. It moved up by about a month and a half. And... I remember just be
2: between that movie and Justice League, my whole thing with them is like, why do I care? Why why do I care about your
1: Aquaman? Why do I care about your Cyborg and Flash? I, I don't have enough time to watch all the TV shows, which I know a lot of people are like, well, they're good, and that gives you a lot of background on it. But yeah, but give me something in your universe. There's a reason why you put out a movie like Wonder Woman so people would care and love about this Wonder Woman don't need a backstory on Batman because that's been done to death no pun intended Martha, <laughs> but it's well Superman too. like we, we we know those stories tell me about Cyborg I don't know that much about Cyborg tell me about the Flash at least your version of the Flash so when you throw these people in a movie I go oh this Flash is really interesting that's because that's was really the charm of phase one for Marvel it was here's Iron Man love him here's Hulk I know you seen him a couple of years ago, but love him Oh, we're gonna bring Iron Man back for you So a little bit of familiarity Oh, now we're going to get, like, introduce you to Thor And now we're gonna introduce you to uh, Captain America And in those movies, they introduce other characters So by the time we got to Avengers And we got to that, that huge team-up scene It felt so special True When, when the freaking Justice League got together It was like, okay, sure
2: why do I care? Still, why do I care? Yeah, I bring up an excellent point.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, hey Zach Camaro, let me tell you something real interesting. Oh, we're we're a wrestling podcast some days too. What you say? <laughs> so let me let me completely one eighty this one, okay. so we can get onto the wrestling stuff for a little bit. Um, Florida is obviously, as we know down here, has a big wrestling scene. Philadelphia and New York has a big wrestling scene. Uh, that you know that obviously always uh, gets made a big deal of. Uh, California currently has a big scene with a pro wrestling guerrilla and uh, lucha underground. I think can be counted in that scene from there. Um, is Ohio in that area, that Cleveland area? Um, should they be getting more of a mention as being a big part of the wrestling scene nowadays?
1: I think right now, of all times. Cleveland and Ohio should be mentioned highly when it comes to wrestling and, and independent wrestling. The, the, the names that were Ohio residents or Cleveland residents is, is huge. I mean, for a while, it was just the myth. Then there was Dolph Sickler. Now we also have um, Dana Brooke, Alexa Bliss, Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae. I mean, she was a resident, but, you know, she's California. Ray Rowe EC3 I'm just going off the head, my off my head of people that I know that are there um, and I know I'm, I'm missing some people well let's go out
0: of WWE even uh, Sammy Callahan the Chris brothers oh uh, yeah I mean they're making
1: such a huge mark what sucks is I do feel like within Ohio there's two trains of thought when it comes to like who's the best wrestler from Ohio and I actually seen someone recently say like Sammy Callahan, he's the best. And I was like, well, what about Johnny? I, I, I'm extremely biased, but that that's a guy that has put in so much work, and to get to the level that he's at is just absolutely amazing. And he's done very little wrong. Like I said, I, I'm very biased when it comes to him, but he's just he's just killing it. If I had to pick my favorite or the best of Ohio, that's who I'm picking.
2: Now I have a question, and this is what we're gonna we're gonna um file this under. Hey, let's let's really alienate some people. Let's talk let's talk some shit. Woo-hoo. Um so, heavy said, uh, fun fact about the state of Florida is it's, that it's a
0: shit hole.
2: Yeah. And so uh sometimes wrestling fans here can be goddamn animals. Hmm. So I'm curious uh about the Ohio wrestling scene. Um is there anything that particularly irks you or anything that you've noticed kind of re- reoccurs um, in the Ohio wrestling scene in terms of fans? Obviously, you've got a great support, a great community there, but there's always, you know, in every great community, there's a few kicks in the dick. So uh, you can quote me on that. You can quote me on that. I want that. that on a shirt. Why is um, that not on a shirt? Luna? So, so Heavy Set, uh, oh, are, uh, yeah. are there any uh, kicks in the dick in terms of the wrestling community <laughs> in Ohio? For the Cleveland scene, we seem to be
1: fairly good. I know we'll, we'll run into a couple of those really douchebag fans. Um, Ethan Page, I know we, he had a run-in with a fan at an AIW show. You know, As he's coming out and he's in the middle of the ring, you have a fan who's in the bleachers of all places, so like, he has to make sure his voice projects loud enough to hit him. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about the word I don't know how about other people feel
2: about the word but he called him the F word oh boy and
1: that's not fuck it's the other one <laughs> and yeah like he grabbed the mic and just berated this dude and I know AIW and other wrestlers too they were just kind of like you know you say whatever you want but at the same time there are kids somewhere in this crowd yeah we we chant certain things uh but don't like don't go that route if you want to say he sucks or whatever like go that route but to say that that tripped his trigger that tripped a lot of fans triggers but it was kind of cool to see a lot of us come together and we try to push those kind of fans out and we like we like if you make yourself known by those kind of actions we will remember you we will probably give you shit until you don't show up to shows anymore good. that's uh, like those we, I, but i feel like those incidents have to be everywhere i don't think now that i'm saying it but i it could be definitely somebody from the outside they that were totally different but i feel like we're we're a good fan base
0: so well, the fan base is excellent. The wrestlers, obviously, as we proved, that are out there currently are excellent. Who is somebody in the Cleveland scene right now or the Ohio scene right now that we may not know about uh, on the big time yet that you think will be? Who, who's your? Yeah. What,
2: give 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 the fans a homework assignment. What's yeah. who should they be looking into?
0: I'm interested because I actually have one. I'm interested if he comes up with the same one I have. The
1: funny like the first person that comes to mind isn't from the Ohio scene. I want to get him to the Ohio scene. I think he would do amazingly and I, I feel like I'm his biggest fan in the state of Ohio and that's Marco Stunt. Uh, just seeing him once I fell in love with him. Oh, actually, you know what? I, I do have someone from the state I had to talk and come up with a name, but I do throw up Marco Stunt. Great name to follow. Uh, so, so much fun to watch, but if I'm going to throw out somebody, it's going to be Marion
2: Fontaine. Yeah.
1: He is very much a centrally Ohio wrestler, has his own promotion called Old Wrestling, and there's a lot you can find of him on the internet. I became a fan of his through PWO Prime Wrestling. He was actually a heel, and he had, like, a, a couple-year arc with Justin Labar, uh, He's out of Pittsburgh, got uh, wrestling columnist if you don't know who he is, but they had a really great feud, like I said, went on for a couple of years, and at the same time he had that, he like had this like, fun-loving comedy character that at AIW, he turned into this old-timey wrestler, and then he took that character and turned it into a company that, yeah, they run like twice a year, three times at best, but it's, I consider it is, it's almost Shakara-esque I personally don't follow them, but it's you take that idea of this just complete gimmick show that's that's fun for the whole family, and people can just come in and enjoy the show. Like you don't even really have to know that much about wrestling; you just have to know the premise of the show. And yeah, you'll have you'll have regular wrestlers you see all the time in different characters. You have ones that maybe they go by the same name, but it's it's it, they've been slightly tweaked for for that time period. And then you have people who are quote wrestlers but they're they're supposed to be Babe Ruth or (laughs) Teddy Roosevelt and it's just so so much fun to watch
0: I think we've even got some of his
2: uh,
0: I think old wrestling got some uh, Phil Singer games yeah I I have I have
2: uh, Fontaine and Matthew Cross Matthew Cross yes
0: Um, yeah excellent so uh, so, heavy set, we'll we'll, uh, we'll start to end on a, on a food question here. Oh, true. I hope that there are both of these up there, so this question isn't a complete waste. Uh, uh, but obviously, you've uh, traveled all over the obviously the state of Ohio, and and, and quite possibly you've made the drives elsewhere too.
2: Welcome. Um, you can come to Florida anytime. Yeah. it's kind of a shit show, but we'll. You can stay here with us. We'll we'll trade beard upkeep uh, secrets. Yeah. and Do you get, actually you know what do, who what is your beard oil of choice? Before I get into that. <laughs> Hashtag promotion, <laughs> hashtag yes. product placement, hashtag sponsor both our shows. Right, yes, please.
1: Oh, what's my beard oil of choice? Yes, yeah. sir.
0: I don't use any beard oil. Ooh,
1: all natural.
0: Oh, we will. I've
1: I've always been oh natural. Uh, I mean, granted, I have a bald spot on my chin. That that beard oil, beard oil, could probably help me out. Yeah, but yeah. I, I just I just let it go whenever. I get
0: my hair cut, I get it trimmed up. But just yeah, it's pretty much high roll. We'll give you some recommendations later. I was saying, uh, we'll send you a care package. Yeah, that's right.
1: So um, yeah, obviously it's
0: uh, it's late at night. You are you're hearing that grumbly in your tumbly, as it were. Uh, you uh, are seeing a shining beacon coming over a hill, so you can pull off and and get yourself a, a wonderful snack or twelve. Uh, is that shining beacon a sheet or is that shining beacon a wah wah?
1: The funny thing about traveling is, uh, you guys don't really know. I'm, I am a truck driver. I'm local right now, but I spent a couple years being over the road. All so right. So, well. any different parts of this country that I, I wouldn't normally, and that is where I got my first taste of Wawa, <laughs> and I don't know what everybody loves about it so much. They have things that I think are cool, but I'm
0: in a sheets area. <laughs> Woohoo! He heel turned on you. You thought you had that one.
2: Have you said if you could have seen the look on my face <laughs> with your "It was me, Austin. It was me all along." <laughs> Reveal just now. I am. I am hurt. <laughs> I am wounded. I'm not happy.
0: I am hysterical. That made my day right there on that turn.
1: Like I said, this is a, a sheets area. but I think the nearest Wawa blah, blah is about halfway across Pennsylvania. And they, they have things that I do like. The cookies and cream milk, I think is fantastic. Barbecue cheesesteak, amazing. Uh, the fact that they offer different sizes for my macaroni and cheese, amazingly awesome. But when I compare them for what I have, especially to sheets, I do glean towards more sheets. But the, the, the wild card that I throw, especially within this area, since there isn't a wild one to go up against, we do have a local grocery store chain called a giant eagle
2: yeah i remember and giant eagle
0: i remember the big there, bird there was one in uh there's one in maryland i used to yeah, go shopping the giant at all eagle. the time
1: well they opened up their own gas stations and then recently over the past couple of years they started having you know made to order kitchens so they started having very la-la and sheets s types food and to me that is hands down the best uh I know. I, I don't know how, if they compare as much to Wawa sheets, but they are definitely. Some of those dishes are really good, but if, I, like I said, between sheets and Wawa, it has to be sheets. I've never been able to give Wawa a fair shot. Like even on my Facebook, no, no. I asked uh, sheets or Wawa, and because of this area, like everybody would say sheets. There was very little Wawa, but like I said, I think it's because people are just like, I have no idea what that is. Well, no, 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 you, don't undersell it. No, no, you, you heard
2: it here first. Ohio is a real sheets hole. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so, heavy set. we've got uh, two particular questions here that uh, we are burning to ask you. Uh, the first one is, unfortunately, in the beautiful performance art that we all love, uh, professional wrestling, we lose a lot of talent early. And so, uh, with that being said... On, uh, I guess now the Wrestling Cheers podcast. If you could, what deceased professional wrestling personality would you have loved to have interviewed on your show?
1: I would go with one of my favorite uh, deceased wrestler of all time. Weird saying that, but Owen Hart. I'm very much a comedy driven guy. I love making people laugh, and to hear the stories about him, it just sounds sounds amazing. Just maybe to get like firsthand, like. You know, what were the best ribs or some of the road stories with him he seemed to be a such down-to-earth guy and i i he's definitely one of those people i wish we had a lot more time with and i think i've often thought like if you know if he were to have lived he would have lived through that whole stunt you know could professional wrestling been a different landscape would if he eventually been a world champion would that affect it Oh, uh, Brett's run in, in WCW if when it bought out like maybe that also would have caused Brett not to have all his health injuries maybe he would have came over in the buyout and we would have this different aspect of Owen versus Brett and we sadly didn't get any of that and we'll never know
2: I also would think that Owen would have probably ended up being a trainer at NXT
1: yeah
2: oh god yeah just because of their father's heritage alone. like I feel like that was kind of already in them. Right. So question number two. We here at the IndyCast believe that every animal in nature is given certain evolutionary traits to ensure its survival. So for instance, giraffes have long necks, the rhinos the big horns, etc., etc. Our belief is that human beings as an animal, their evolutionary trait is their ability to use tools. So with that said... Your heavy set from Wrestling Cheers Podcast. If you could fight any animal, what would it be and what weapon do you use? Fun long and hard on this one. Bing I have to go with
1: the, the, the entire population of bees, and it would be an atom bomb because fuck those little angry bastards. <laughs> maybe, That's maybe excellent. More wasp and hornets, screw them, because bees do, do good,
2: so I, I will do that. Bees are on the Uh, endangered species list now, so so yes. But I don't think, I defy anyone to show me a PowerPoint on what good wasps and hornets do. Because it's not like they make honey, they're just stinging assholes, so... Yeah.
0: Literally stinging assholes. Stinging
2: assholes. It's a great name for a swing band. (laughs) Anyway, um...
0: Gary Lugosi, if you'd like to serve me
2: Sting Stinging assholes. assholes.
0: So, Copyright 2018. Heavy said, this is the opportunity on the show that uh, one Mr. Brian Cage has officially given us permission to call. Get,
2: Get your, your shit in. in.
0: So if you could, tell everybody where they can listen to your podcast. Uh, if you have merch. He does. Like at that,
2: uh, What A Maneuver. Uh,
0: please uh, go ahead and let them know the floor is
2: yours.
1: So, you can find Wrestling Cheers on pretty much all your podcasting play, or platforms and all that. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Podbean com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're really easy, very uniform to find. Just type in WrestlingCheers by Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers. Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers at Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. If you want to hit us up by email... You still choose to desire at WrestlingCheers at gmail.com. And we do have the what a maneuver.net store up. We have two designs, the, the Wrestling Cheers logo, and we also have a special Fight Caden Fight for those who have never heard of the guy. Caden Ranke is a very popular independent wrestling fan in Cleveland. You can find a couple of video, cool videos of him if you go to YouTube, the Kenny Johnston documentary, the first one, I believe, on Johnny Gargano is featured a lot with Caden and also if you type in Johnny Gargano Caden on YouTube one of the things you should find is from Prime Wrestling when a very very young Caden is brought into the ring and Johnny Gargano kind of does a a WWE style make-a-wish brings him in the middle of the ring and he gets to pin him for the championship and he gets this really cool moment of glory if you want to know who the guy is that picks Caden up and uh lifts him over the barricade and hands him to johnny that would be this guy that would be me i cannot do it anymore that kid is 18 now but <laughs> that's, that's all for us and then of course for me i'm very much like wrestling cheers i'm pretty much uniformed to find at, at heavyset 330 on facebook twitter and instagram if you do send me a facebook request the only thing i ever ask is like tell me that you heard me through a podcast or something if i don't recognize your name because every, because there's just the spammy people out there, and there's people that just kind of like add you to add you, and I've got to a point where it's just like I don't like I don't know you or I don't you don't listen to my show or a friend's is like I like I don't know if we sh- should be friends. Like you're just adding people to add people. So, but normally, if, especially if you add me on Instagram and Twitter, and then I see a Facebook request, I'm gonna go, okay, this person's a fan, this person's a listener wants to know more about me that. Easy to find, but that's uh, that's pretty much it.
2: Well, Heavy said, thank you so much for being on the show, for our missing uh, co hosts, because this was a beard exclusive that's interview. Right. Uh, for everyone here at the IndyCast, I want to thank all the dozens and dozens for listening. And until next time, I'm Zach Romero. And I'm Chad Allen. And as we always say, everybody, Deuces. deuces. deuces.
0: Greetings everybody, Chad Allen here from the IndieCast uh, Well, I guess obviously they're listening to the show uh, Here to talk to you about Phil Singer Games uh, I know you've probably heard us talk about it uh, before if you're a listener of the episode But if you're not, Phil Singer Games for over 30 years Has been the top wrestling card and dice role-playing style game That's on the market right now An absolute blast to play uh, if you play the Champions of the Galaxy version Where you can pretend to be one of the many stars from the future and battle them out to legends of uh, today from here on Earth with guys like Andre the Giant and the Road Warriors, or to the most recent independent up-and-comers. You can play any single one of them, or you can even play them against each other. It gives you the chance to have those dream matches you never thought you wanted to see until right this moment. And you can find out all about it on philsingergames.com. There are hundreds of wrestlers to choose from. Tell them the IndyCast sent you. Go to philsingergames.com.
1: Oh god, just shove it in
2: my face! I'm ready to greet the day, you fucker! Every single
1: one of you guys has made a horrible decision! <laughs> it's that dirty ass Meryl Street. Me we are- We're touching wieners, touching wieners professionally. What I am is a big, queer, stone-cold Steve Austin.
0: So, hey Zach Romero, I bet you didn't know this. This is supposed to be a wrestling podcast. Oh, is it? <laughs> oh, me on my.